Hello, and welcome to the Just for Kicks podcast on Game Time CT. I am the boys' soccer beat writer, Scott Erickson, and then we are joined, as always, by the girls' soccer beat writer, Joe Morelli. Joe, how are you this morning? Good morning. It's regular season's almost over. Time for the postseason to begin, Scott. Isn't it crazy? I mean, it, it goes quickly. It goes so fast, and here we are looking at the last games of the boys' season today. Most of the girls finished yesterday. Conference tournaments are starting. Yep. Uh, we are going to have a special guest on the show today, Nelson Menjagos from Immaculate. He's going to be joining us in a little while uh, to talk about you know SWC and state soccer and yep. whatever else he'd like to discuss with us. Oh, um, sure. <laughs> uh, no mailbag today. There's no mailbag today. The question that was in was uh, unanswerable. We Again, please send them <laughs> game time. I mean, obviously postseason stuff on the, around the corner, there's always stuff to talk about, so please keep sending your questions and uh we will answer them if they are legitimate and they're good. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I just want to talk about some games uh, that we saw this week right. uh, before we talked to Nelson. I went up to Prep Shelton. Right. Before I talk about the game, have you been to Rafferty Stadium? Oh, yeah. It's good. They play football there, too. Oh, they do play football. Yeah. Oh, it's prep a, it is, football I forgot games? about this team. It's a nice stadium. They, re, they have redone that, rebuilt that whole area. It's really nice. Fantastic. I didn't, so prep parking's, are, not, parking's not great. you got to park down the garage. Yeah. Oh, did you park it in, I parked garage in the garage, now? yeah. Oh, okay. Like next to the practice soccer field. I'm parking like it's over here, but... <laughs> but <laughs> we're, it, we're pointing. It, it, but, but no, I, and you ended up seeing a really good game, obviously. It was great. You know, so Prep was undefeated, obviously. They had tied Sheehan uh, that week. Which um, stuns me, but... I don't understand how that happened. But, you know, hey, teams can really get up for Prep. You know, they, yeah, they put, will play their best game against the state. them. Yeah. So Shelton did this also, but... Prep had the run of play, especially in the second half. I would say they had 90% of the ball. Hit the crossbar twice. Uh, another one went over. Uh, the goalie for, from Pep, uh, from Shelton, Isaac Garcia, was really, really good. Made a couple of point-blank saves. And then with a minute to go or a minute eight to go, the ball gets turned out. And Eric Laurent, who's one of the best individual players I've seen, fights through two kids with the ball and then the goalie comes out to challenge him and he kind of scoots around him and scores uh the winning goal to win 2-1 give prep their first loss uh the shelton kids were so ecstatic they're a solid team I, you know i don't know if they can win states but they can they're going to cause some teams some problems and they're going to be one of those teams we talked about that are going to be like a lower seed when they when they go into double L. Well, let's review a little bit. Fairfield Prep made it to the SEC tournament final last year. Yeah. What was not disclosed really was they had a, a card issue. So if they had gotten one more card in the final, yeah, they would have been thrown out of the state tournament. That's, really? Yeah. It's So they did not play well in that game. And then they ended up losing the first round of the state tournament. So they have a lot to prove. Yeah. They've had a really good year. But, I got, but we've discussed this. Yeah. Shelton's the best team they play on their schedule. Yeah, and, and, and I'm not saying that. I just we don't know. But they didn't play hand uh, Xavier Gilford, Cheshire. Cheshire. They played Brown. And they listen, Brandford. they could be the best team. You they're the number one team. You thought they were very good. And I I'm thought they were sure very good. They are. But I hope I'm sure, I'm curious how good they will be in the tournament. So and, and here's the other side of it. Eric Laurent, I guess, had been injured for a lot of the season. Yeah. And when Shelton was struggling, and now he's back healthy. And now they're playing well. And if Shelton beats, I believe, wins their game whatever day, they're going to win the division over a prep who's number one in the state. Yeah, they got. Know, were they still number one in the? I didn't even look. Did you? Uh, I you know I didn't look at that either. Okay, but, but they, they play. Uh, Sorry, Shelton plays West Haven on Wednesday. So if they beat win that game, they win the division. Right. And uh, well, they're both. And I would. And then what that means is Shelton was struggling to make the SEC tournament. 
Now yeah. they're probably going to get in if oh, they win that game to get in automatically. Right, and they've won a bunch. They they beat Prep and uh, they tied Cheshire. They tied Cheshire. They lost a hand by one. Uh, they beat Guilford by three. They've had a great run here. Yes, uh, the last couple of weeks to to get back into it. Um, we talked about that conference. It's so good. You know, I mean, legitimately, I mean, Guilford's eight and five. They might. They'll probably miss the conference tournament. Mm-hmm. No, they're, they're going to get in. Eight and five and three. Guilford's going to get in yeah. because they win won the uh, SEC Quinnipiac division. Oh, okay. Would they have and. And as just, I'll take it from you that and uh, Eric Lapeak scores a penalty kick with thirty point eight seconds last night, um, to tie hand one to one. Yeah, hand had scored seventeen seconds into the game, so in between there, there was no scoring. But here's the interesting thing: hand gets a red card seven minutes into the second half, so now hand has to play a man down the rest of the game. And it was one of their better players. Uh, no, it was the other Wilderman. Oh, it the was other Jack Wilderman. Uh, <laughs> Who's good? But <laughs> yeah, well, no, but he's not lead. No, he's not but, lead. I'm that's sorry, okay. Yeah. He's yeah. a different position. But here's yeah. the, here's the interesting thing: Hand had more shot, scoring opportunities than Guilford did, despite being a man down because they used they countered quick. Yeah. And if they had buried one of those, and they should have, they would have been up two nothing, and then that penalty kick would have been meaningless. Instead, we have a, we come out with a tie. Guilford is done with their regular season. We'll see what they're going to be seated. My guess is seven or eight. They'll be on the road probably, but they get in. And they're, and they're in a high. I mean, they had five shutouts coming into last night's game. And uh, to hold hand to one goal is pretty good. But hand is is very good. Gilford's goal is excellent, though. Yeah, Sattery's good. Yeah. He had some very good saves last night. Both of them are very good. Hand's going to be a tough out in the postseason, as we as we know. So, um, What did you think of the penalty? Was it? Was I, I thought it was legitimate. So, well, mean, what, what was it? It was a takedown in the box. So, yeah. I mean, it's just it's going to – usually a lot of times the referees won't call. They did. But, you know – if it's a foul, it's a foul. I mean, it doesn't matter what time it, of the it's game not, it is. It's, so. a, it's a bang-bang call, and a lot of times they don't call it. You know, it's outside the box, but it was inside the box, and and that's that. So Referees it, don't want to decide the game. No, so, they don't. But So you really got to commit a foul in there, especially late in the game, late in the season, and they're not going to call something that they don't think is right. is a legitimate call. You know, I, I would doubt they would do that anyway. Yeah, but it was a great, it was a really good atmosphere, and Hank Gilbert's always good, and I wouldn't be surprised if they see each other again, so. Yeah, I think so. Um, so we are going to take a short break here, and then we're going to come back with Nelson Minjagos. Uh, we will be right back on the Just for Kicks podcast. Don't miss a pass, pitch, or putt this season. Sign up for the Whistle newsletter and get the latest news and stories sent straight to your inbox from GameTimeCT.com. We're back with Just for Kicks, and we have our guest, Immaculate girls soccer coach Nelson Mingachos. Nelson, the weather's a little bit colder than we were last week. You want to tell everybody where you were in business? Bermuda, I believe it was, correct? Well, welcome, I was first of all. the Bahamas. Oh, the Bahamas. Bermuda, Bahamas. I was close. I, I, was, cl- I was close. So, anyway, um, Nelson, thank you for joining us with Scott and I. Hey, Nelson, how are you? Scott? Yeah, no problem. Good. Thanks for having me. Uh, listen, you guys have been playing really well. Uh, what have you seen in the SWC this fall uh, on the girls' side? You know what? Uh, you know what? We are playing well, and you know that's always our goal at Immaculate to obviously play, be playing better at the end of the year than beginning of the year. Um, but the SWC, you know, I, I said it from day one. I thought it was going to be competitive this year. I thought there was a lot of quality teams this year, 
and um, and it's coming down to that. You know, there's a, a difference between a game or so between you know the one seed all the way down to the six seed, um, and you can't count out the seven or eight seed. You know, Barlow as an eight seed is a tough out for uh, Newtown, um, but you know what? It's very competitive, and I think anyone from one to eight could be standing at that last day with the championship trophy. Nelson, you've won five of these. You're the defending champion. Can you talk about the mindset you need to have as a defending champion uh, and going on the road that you're going to have to against Weston on, uh, I believe, Saturday? Yeah, you know, um, obviously uh, you have to be physically and mentally prepared. Um, Every game is one or die. You know, you lose and your SW season is over. Um, You know, luck also has to do with it. You know, the ball has to bounce certain ways. can also help you um but you have to just be prepared you know and and i think every team that's left every one of those coaches um are going to have their players prepared to compete um and it should be exciting you know next two weeks for the swc how do you use what are you doing this week differently than last week obviously to prepare with uh, four you know, days in you know, obviously now that we know who we're going to face, yep. um, you know, Weston's a, a quality opponent. They're a well-coached by Gustavo. Um, you know, they knocked us out last year in the state tournament. Right. Um, they beat us in the regular season this year, two to uh, uh, two to one. Um, and we have to go back to their place. You know, um, it's going to be a very competitive game. Um, you know what? Well, we're going to tweak things a little from our first game um, that we think we could change up may help us. Um, but we're excited. We're excited for the challenge, and you know, for our young kids, uh, it's a it's a new experience for them. And Nelson, in general, when you're in a tournament like this, does your style of play change at all, or do you guys stay in the same formations and and same tactics that you've been using all season? You know what? For us, we may change a few things. Um, you know, watching the game tape from the first game, uh, we picked up a few things that we might be able to change on them. But at the same time, you know, uh, Weston may change their things too. So, right. you know what, it, it has to go on the fly as a coach. You have to be ready to make uh, changes right on the fly, uh, look at their formation, what they've changed, if they've changed anything. Um, so, you know what, it, it, we may change a few things um, that we saw that may help us. Um, but, you know what, it's a, a touch-and-go thing. You know, we have to see how the game's going, what we need to do. Um, you know, are, do we have to defend a little more? Do we have to tackle a little more? Uh, so it's changes on the fly. When you are the program that Immaculate is, again, mentioning the five state, the five uh, league championships, what are the expectations when you step on that field for Immaculate girls soccer or, in your case, boys basketball as well? You know what? For me and, and my players, it, it's always the same thing. We expect to you know, get to the finals uh, in the SWC, right. and we expect to get the finals in the state tournament. Um, you know, our kids come to our school to compete and have an opportunity to win championships. Um, so nothing ever changes. You know, it, it's 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 a, to get to the SWC championship and to get to a state title, of course. Uh, Nelson, you you mentioned the states, and so it leads me to my next question: Are you keeping an eye on where you are in Class S? That's where you are, division you're in this year. Have you been looking oh, at? I've been looking at the parent seedings and where you're going to be, and since it, your season is now concluded, regular season. I mean. Yeah, you know, I, I, obviously I've been watching it all season. Okay. Um, you know, it's a it's a fun time of year. Um, you know what, and I think Class S has some very quali- quality teams this year. Right. Um, you know, listen, O-line, the defending for three-time or whatever state, uh, state champions, and they're sitting at 7-4-4 four, and four right now, right. Um, which you, you would think, oh, that's a terrible record. But you know what, no one wants to face them. Uh, you know, they got uh, some great players, um, the defending champions, 
And then you look at Northwest Catholic, a five, six, and one. You know, you look at their record like, oh, they're going to be okay. But you look at their results. They've only lost by one goal, uh, I think, to all their losses throughout the year. I think they lost 2 nothing to Glastonbury. But outside of that, they've been in every game. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of quality teams in every class this year. I think it's exciting for every class, um, and it should be fun. It looks like – I'm sorry, Scott. It looks like you're going to get a first-round bye of a second-round home game. And then uh... – and if I had a guess, looking at 3-4, you're going to be hosting your quarterfinal game against Portland if seedings hold. How important nowadays, Nelson, to be hosting that quarterfinal game versus going on the road no matter what division you're in? You know what, it, it, for, especially in class, that's for us. Um, you know, traveling down the shorelines, it, it's a distance. You know, to play at home, play on your field, um, you know, hopefully have a bigger crowd than your opponent team mm-hmm. um, is huge. And in Class S, you know, a lot of Class S schools have grass. Well, we're fortunate enough to have turf. Right. Uh, so to get some of those teams that usually don't play on turf on turf for us uh, is huge. If you had to go the other way, would that be difficult? If you were on a you know on a grass pitch somewhere. You know what? It's it's different. You know, we're lucky enough that we know we're going to go on a grass pitch. You know, we'll practice on grass for a couple of days. Um, you know, prepare for that. Um, but it's a different type of game. It's a completely type of game. I know you guys you guys have talked about it before. Um, so it does change things. Of course, it does. What what exactly? I mean, what 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 in the game changes? Is it, is it slower? Yeah, it's slower. You know, the, the 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 rolling of the ball obviously on the grass. You know, it matters. Are they keeping the grass long? Are they cutting it short? Um, you know, different facilities cut grasses differently. Yeah. You know, when you know you go on the turf, it's going to be the turf. It's going to be quick. It's going to be fast. It's a fast-pacing game. Um, you know, you go to Barlow, which is a, a manicured field. You mm-hmm. know it's a great field, and it's a it's a great game on a field like that. Um, but you may go to other fields where, you know, grass is a little longer. It's a little tougher to run on. Uh, kids aren't used to playing on it. So it matters where you're going. Uh, so when you guys head into Class S, uh, there's no other SWC schools there. How does playing against larger schools all season uh, help you when you go into a, to a Class S tournament? You know what? It's you know bigger schools, more more kids. Um, obviously, the bigger schools get into. Um, they have a lot of players. Um, the benches are a lot longer. Um, so you know what? The competition for us is a lot greater playing against the bigger schools. Um, several years ago when we were in Class S, and, I mean, sometimes we were just struggling to get into Class S, um, you know, sometimes the 500 mark. Right. Um, but once we got there, you know, we found ourselves in the finals, you know, every year uh, just because of the competition day in and day out was always a great test for us. There was never a weak game for us. Nelson, when we talked last week, uh, you brought up an interesting point about state tournament and how it should be determined where you are in seedings for any sport. And since you coach boys basketball, which you are the reigning Division II state champions, you're now in Division One, which is a far cry from Class S and girls soccer. Tell us in the audience what you think should be determined where you are placed and how it should be determined. Yeah, you know what? this is how I feel. I feel, you know, in basketball, even in soccer, you know, after your your regular season, um, not even your tournament for your league, but after your regular season, I think you could probably put 10 qualified coaches in a room, basketball and soccer, and you could sit there and decide who are the, you know, 28 
best teams in the state of Connecticut and you know what let them go play division one and let's see who the best of the best is in down to division two three and four you know you look at class S this year and you know I said a few teams including myself you know Cromwell um East Catholic I mean North Northwest Catholic um you know Coventry you know quality teams you know what they could probably be, get pushed down up to you know division uh, or Class M or Class L, and then some of those teams could slide down to M or S or Division Three, Four, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, when I'm good and and I have to move up, I have no problems with that. You know, the years that we struggle and we belong down in the you know Class Fours or Class Fives, or whatever it is, that's fine. To pre to predetermine where you are, uh, like in basketball. Um, I just, you know, to me, it doesn't make any sense. You know, a team could lose, you know, their five starters, and just because they were, you know, they were great for the last three years, they're being punished for that year. You're getting punished for kids that are juniors in college um, for their success, um, and you may know have no one on your team that can even, you know, step on a foot in a, a Division One gymnasium. Um, so I always would love to see – you know, make it a, a selection Sunday. Make it exciting for the kids. Make them want to play in that Division One or, you know, the double L or in soccer. Uh, make it a selection Sunday. Make it exciting for the kids. Let them want to be there. Um, you know what? I just think the best should play the best. And if you're not the best, you should be placed where you belong. Are there a lot of coaches who feel the same way as you, or are you out on an island on this? You know, I spoke, I spoke to a, a bunch of coaches, and they feel the same way. Both sports? There, both, both sports? Sorry. What's that? Both sports? Both sports. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely both sports. Um, you know, we got plenty of time at the end of the year to sit down and kind of figure out who should be in, in what division. Um, and I think it would be exciting. I think it would be exciting for the state. I think it would be exciting for the kids to sit there and to listen to you two decide on Selection Sunday <laughs> who's in Division One, two, three, and 4. Um, and let's let's – have the best possible playoffs we possibly can. Do you ever foresee this happening? <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> well, no I, I, I don't. You know what? I, I think we need to start looking outside of the box. Yeah. Um, I think we're so concerned about certain things that we're really not looking outside of the box and sh- out of the box and making this really great. And, and you know what? I, I think it's there for us to do it. Uh, will it ever happen? Probably not. Where would you put yourselves this year if you had to go and sit in a room? Well, if I was going to sit in the room, I would see us um, – I would probably see us probably in L, um, maybe M. Or, yeah. you know what, if you look in the top 28 teams, 32 teams, whatever you're going to put in Division One, right. I would say you probably have to put us there. Right. I you mean, know, if, you, if you're in the top four – and who, who we've competed against and how we've done um, – you know what? If they push this all the way up there, then so be it. That's where we belong. Then fine. If we're one of the top 32 teams in the state, which is a great honor. If you're going to tell me I'm one of the best 32 teams in the state, that's awesome. That's great. You so know what? You'll, you'll, roll, you'll roll the ball out and go against anyone, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's the whole idea. Yeah. You know, as a coach, I like the challenge. I want to prepare my kids for the best. You know, we scrimmaged the St. Joe's in the beginning of the year. You know, they're the best of the best. Yeah. And you know what? We compete well with them. Are they better than us? Yes, they're better than us. There's no question. But you know what? If we have an opportunity to play them, we're going to throw the ball out there and let's go at it and let's see what happens. 
Uh, a chance to correct myself if I was wrong earlier, Nelson. Uh, do they fill out the brackets in girls' soccer, or is it 40%? 40%. Okay, so I was right. There. Okay, I thought maybe the way you were yeah, saying, because yeah. obviously in in baskets, they don't fill it out anymore. They used to. Now they stopped when they went to this new format. And as I'm sure you, most of us know, and, and even in the audience for basketball, even for soccer people, Division One yeah. basketball has, what, 21 teams? So you automatically make the state tournament even if you go 0-20, which is kind of ridiculous. But that's just the way it is for yeah. now. That's a crazy yeah, yeah, But that's – I mean, that <laughs> – so it's not like that in the other I mean, sports. Can you, can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? A team going 0-20 in the regular season, going to the state tournament, winning four games, and being state champion. <laughs> you're 4-20 and in your state champions of Connecticut. Well, as I mentioned to you last week, there was a coach who was nameless um, who's actually thought about – um, petition to go up to Division One because he knows he can guarantee himself a state tournament game, whereas in, <laughs> in other ga- divisions he wouldn't get that opportunity. And I just looked at him like, "Why?" But that's how he feels. That's great. Go there, get their buck handed to him. But it, I don't, yeah. think, I don't think it's going to happen because it's. I think it's too late. But it, it, right. the fact that he thought about it gives you an idea that maybe it's a little bit flawed. So uh, Nelson, right. one, one of the other right. things that comes up right now is. Uh, these games have to be decided, so they have to go to penalty kicks. Do you like that method, or would you rather the kids keep playing when they get into these tournament games? You know what? Penalty kicks, I have no problems with penalty kicks. You know, that's what you know the whole world does. You know, when it's a tie game, it's a, a tournament game, uh, you go to PKs. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's a crapshoot. It's a 50-50 chance. You know, you're putting kids on line with a ball and one goalie, and you hope, hopefully they, they put it in the back of the net. Um, you know what? We prepare for it. You know, we started preparing already for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's part of the game. It, it's part of the game. Um, you know, to continue to play. Um, how long are you going to go with the kids? You right. know, if it's tie tie, you know, ninety minutes after the regulation, you can continue to play. You know, there's got to be a time where you got to kind of say, you know what? Um, let's go to PKs and let's find out. You know who's going to move on. Would and I ever... wish they did it for the finals. So that's what I was going to okay. ask. You. Was, yeah, we were <laughs> we're both going to ask that question. Does you've been a co-champion? You've been a single champion. You've lost in the finals. Yeah. So yeah. does a co-championship feel hollow? Um. Yeah. You know, it puts a lot of questions. What if? Uh, what could we have done? Um, it's a weird feeling at the end of the game. You just don't know how to to act. Are you excited? Are you not excited? You know, as a coach, you try to be upbeat for the kids. You try to get them excited. You know, you want to stay championship. You know, the banner's going up on the wall. But it, as a coach, for me, it's a weird feeling coming off the field, knowing you want to stay championship, but you co-stay champion with someone else. You don't have a definite winner. Um, and I don't know why we don't have a penalty kicks in the finals. Um, I think we know. I, I think really we know, know why. I, I, I think we know why, Nelson. <laughs> Is we're in the more, and I understand it because you want to not have the pe- team be devastated, but I don't know if it gets right either. Sorry. But 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 why don't we have co-champions in basketball then? <laughs> or any any other sport? <laughs> Field hockey oh, and yeah, soccer yeah, is it? <laughs> yeah. So, Sorry. So we go to the point. It's a tie ball. Game. <laughs> <laughs> you no, you, you, you That's play it. for We're a done. championship. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you, you, you prepare your kids all year yep. to compete to win a championship, and now you're there, and now it's a tie game, and you walk out the field, and it's a weird feeling. No one else does it. Why do we do it? Right. All right, well, you, know, Nelson, you don't do it in the semifinals. Yeah. 
No, well, you can't. You have to. You have to. Have <laughs> you have a, to a team advance. Someone has to advance. You know. But that's a great point. I never but, even but, thought but, of that. But the thing is, is now you play. You know, team A or team B in the semifinals. You tie them. You go into PKs. Yeah. So you win. You move on. Now all of a sudden you tie the championship game. Does that team in the semifinal have a feeling? Well, we could have won a state championship too. We tied Immaculate or whatever. We had to go to PKs, but. You know, we could have competed with anyone. I'm sure they do. I just think there should, I, I I just feel there should be a champion in in the finals. I think that's and I think point. a lot of coaches feel the same way as I do. Yeah, yeah. I, it was when I covered a game a couple years ago, Brantford Avon, and Avon just blitzed them, and I just felt like it was like, whoa, what is that? I'm asking the kids questions. Some of them felt, and they like they felt like they had an answer in a positive way, and it's like, but it's like bizarre. Well, I know the Trumbull yeah. the Trumbull boys talk about. It, like they haven't won a championship. They were co-champions two years ago, but the seniors on that team say, well, we tied two years ago, then we lost the last year, so we really want to win a championship. <laughs> right. Because they don't think they right. feel like they won the championship right. that year. Everybody you know? we're in a, everybody yeah. gets a trophy era. That's that's part of the issue, too. Yeah, yeah which is, yeah, that's a whole other. Uh, yeah, actually, we could go on and on about that. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, Nelson, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, this was awesome, uh, and we're going to wish you the best of luck at the SWCs and then in Class S. And uh, who knows? Maybe we'll catch up with you in the uh, Class S championship game or something. Uh, that that would be great. That would be exciting. I appreciate right. your time, and thanks for having me. All, All right, Nelson. Right. Thank you. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back to wrap things up on Just for Kicks. Every Monday evening, join us for the Game Time CT High School Football Podcast. Sean Patrick Boley, Kyle Brennan, and Pete Pawaga bring to you the best high school football coverage across the state. You get an immediate reaction to the Game Time CT media poll on top of discussions that go beyond just the games. We're back on the Just for Kicks podcast. Uh, we've got a couple minutes left. We're just going to talk about uh, conference tournaments are coming up, as we talked about uh, a little bit earlier. Um, so I'm just going to run through quickly the SEC. There's one more game left, obviously, for the boys uh, today. Uh, some teams play tomorrow, but most of the games end today on Tuesday. Uh, so in that final for the final three spots in the SEC, Shelton, Hamden, Guilford, North Haven, and Amity are all still in the mix to get those final three spots. A lot's going to be decided on the final day, uh, and all those teams can do damage if they get into the tournament. Obviously, we've seen Guilford and Shelton beat the top teams in that conference. Um, in the SWC, uh, you know Weston, Brookfield, Pomperog, and Barlow are in. Uh, Notre Dame, Fairfield's also in. Uh, there's th- three spots up for grabs there. And the FCAC, uh, this is where it's really interesting because Norwalk, who's one of the better teams in the conference, and I thought one of the better teams in the state, if they lose to Darien today, they are out of the playoffs, out of the FCAC playoffs. And Darien and McMahon, as long as McMahon beats Central, would be in the playoffs. Uh, I'm going to that game tonight, 715. Uh, Norwalk against Darien for that final playoff spot. Right. Um, on the girls' side, what are you looking at conference tournament-wise? Oh, real quickly, we mentioned it with Nelson. He's going to be the five seed, his defending champion, Immaculate, going to Weston on Saturday. Newtown's the top seed, followed by Massick, Notre Dame, Fairfield, and at Pomp Rock six, and then Brookfield and Barlow. So they're they're the only one that's set. SEC, you can you're going to have they're not going to de- officially determine it until Thursday because Amity's got to go play Clear Hill House. They're going to win because Clear Hill House is winless. But you're going to have Amity, Mercy. Shelton because Shelton lost to Mercy yesterday. All tied at the top, all the same record, and Shelton and Mercy split. And Shelton beat Amity, but it's a non-counting game. So I'm not sure. I'm sure Commissioner Al Carbone knows the tiebreakers. I don't know what they are. They're going to be your top three. 
Uh, people seem to think Shelton's going to be the number one. Who knows? And obviously, Guilford's probably going to be the eighth seed. You're going to have Hand in there as a chance at the defending champion. So that's going to be an interesting tournament, as always. In the FCAC, as uh, St. Joe's lost its first game yesterday to Staples. Staples is the only unbeaten in the FCAC. They'll be the one seed. St. Joe's will be two. Ridgefield will be three. And I believe New Canaan got the yeah. four, right? So, and then that's going to be a wild tournament. New Canaan's had, had a great season to kind of yeah. get into with those top three. We, we thought it was just going to be those top three in that league. And yeah, and, and they've done really well. Yeah. Um, really quickly, I know in the CTCC, I know Platek, who was a co-champion last year, is going to be the top seed in that tournament. That won't start until next week, and they only have four teams. Um, I believe Watertown won last night so against Oxford, so they'll be the top seed in the NBL tournament. And uh, Morgan, believe is the top going to be the top seed in the Shoreline based on its win over Old Lyme last night. Uh, they only have six teams, so Morgan and likely Cromwell or North Bedford will get the bye. So, it, at least a lot of these tournaments start Friday and Saturday. It's going to be fun. Yeah. By the time we reconvene, Scott, it's going to be tournament time, and and obviously we're going to know basically state tournament berths are going to be set because games got to be in by the following Thursday. So the only teams right. that are still playing regular season games next week are CCC and the NCCC right. for the most part. Uh, so when do the tournament parents come out, though? They come uh, out next Friday, November next Friday. 2nd. Next Friday. But you can have an idea, basically. Yeah, we'll yeah. know. I mean, you can look at the standings on the CIAC site and see. Right. Uh, but next week at this time, we'll be in the thick of these conference tournaments. Right. Uh, that's probably will be the focus of the show. We might have a guest on as well to come in and talk about some of those games uh but this is the fun time of year for all of us uh soccer tournaments are awesome really really fun uh, and we're looking forward to them uh for just for kicks uh i am scott for joe we will see you next week